Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. Hello and welcome back to The Truth About Local Government. I'm absolutely delighted today to have Lawrence Conway speaking with me, the former Chief Executive for South Leyland District Council. Him and I have been speaking for a long time about the need for true transformation and change in local government services. We've had this week Birmingham City Council is in Section 114, the largest council in Europe. And there's a need, there's a, there's a feeling across the local government sector at the moment that without change, we are heading towards an absolute crisis. So without further ado, Lawrence, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. How are you? I'm very well, Matt. And yourself? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Good. So let's kick things off. Why do you think we need true transformation and change in the local government sector? Well, I think for decades we've been uh, at this and uh, we've heard lots of experts talk about transformation and change and why it's required. Um, but I don't think we've moved on that much in the in the last few years. Um, and we seem to just be spiralling ever more into whether it's a service delivery crisis or a financial crisis, unable to deliver the services that the most vulnerable in our society require. So something isn't working. And um, from my perspective, um, there's a number of areas that um, would maybe explain why that's not working, but also what could we do to make it work better than it does? So, you know, and, and I can't see in this current political climate much changing. And um, I have to say, whatever comes in the next election, should there be a change of government, um, I haven't really seen many of the plans or policies that will change it in that direction either. So um, something needs to something needs to give. So so let's look at some of the specific things that would need to change or need to be addressed, I should say, in order to make those fundamental transformational changes. Let's start with financial savings. I mean, you know, what would need to be addressed with that aspect? Well, it's interesting you you start at that that point. Matt, because I think that's perhaps one of the uh, the critical areas where we begin with finance and we try and resolve the issues with finance and by looking at where we can save money here, where we can save money there. And yes, finance is a driver, but it's not the be all and end all. Um, and very often finance should be the enabler rather than the critical strategy or vision of a of an authority or of any organization and then we utilize the finances that we've got to achieve what we set out to do so that is a really good point about what are we going to do with finances um, and starting i don't think you start at that point and that's perhaps where we need to 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 look again at uh, understanding what it is that we're trying to do and fit it in the financial envelope that we've got now Saying that, uh, I realise that there are many, many councils out there that are completely strapped for cash. And, you know, you mentioned Birmingham earlier. There have been many others over the last 12 months or so 
where they've really had difficulties. And at the end of the day, the council taxpayers paying the price for that. Um, but I do think that uh, if we start at the other end, where we put customer first, where we look at the vision of what the council's about, and then start to take a little bit more of a, of a longer term approach to some of these things. Um, you know, I don't know how many defence ministers or, or education secretaries we've had over the last 12 months or so. You know, there's lots of examples of the short termism. Um, where actually we perhaps, irrespective of the politics and irrespective of some of the things that are swirling around us, we need to take this bold leap into looking at some form of transformation or, or reform or collaboration, whatever you want to call it, so that we kickstart it. Um, and that, for me, all starts with a vision, uh, a strategy uh, and an action plan for what the council is about and what it wants to achieve, putting the people at the heart of everything that we do. So in terms of that, then, in terms of putting people at the heart of what you do, I know you and I have talked off air about this. So if we can start with civic and organisational leadership, what, what do you need to address there? Well, you know, I've been in a, a in many situations where I've, I've had a similar conversation as we're having today with various leaders of councils, with uh, chief execs, and uh, it's clear that the pressures that they're under whether that's operational, whether that's financial, whether it's, it's political ideology are immense. Um, but I've been privileged to, to work for a council with council members that were willing to appreciate and anticipate what the future is going to look like and to give the time and the finances um, to being uh, being more transformative about the way that we work. And so, you know, for me, there's a proven case and there's a proven example that this can be done. This type of transformation can be done. And what that transformation delivers is a better approach to our, our people, our customers, better job satisfaction for staff and also, as we mentioned earlier, those significant financial savings that you need as well. So that, that whole political leadership and organisational leadership is right at the very top of the, the what's necessary to be able to drive something like this. And there will be many things that are thrown at those leaders that will try and put them off course. But that bold vision, that uh, that determination and courage sometimes to sort of take these steps and sort of go through a process that you know you might get a little bit of a dip in performance but the end of it's going to be great that's that's very very difficult in the current circumstances where finances and uh, short-term strategies and short-term politics makes it extremely difficult but it can be done and you talked earlier about putting the customer um, at, you know the heart of what you're doing you know how do you make I mean again this this council plan the the plan that the the senior leadership team and, and everyone in the council is working towards how do you put the customer in control how do you address that well it, it, it's a, a it, all of these things take some uh, research they take um, a greater understanding and a use of data than we are perhaps uh, used to. There's lots of data out there that will tell you what your community's doing and what it's what it's undertaking. Um, 
Um, and it's utilising that data to its nth degree to make sure that the council plan priorities are the priorities of, of, the, of the, um, the people that are going to consume the, uh, the services that you're providing. And um, that sometimes it, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, uh, concept to, to revisit council plans and just to see how much of that is actually focused to the customer rather than, and, and forgive me for calling them the customer, you can call them whatever you want, but I'll just use that as, a, as an easy reference. Um, and uh, whether that is pointed towards the improvements in the services for themselves or how much of that is about organisational necessity, organisational improvement. Um, and the two things are very, very different. They do go hand in hand. Um, but from, from what I've seen, what I've found is that very often we concentrate on the organisation and we concentrate on some of the politics rather than the things that are actually going on in, in our communities and, and what's required. And then designing the services around those needs. And that will include, um, you know, whether we're allowed to use AI, uh, whether we're allowed to, 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 to talk about IT and, you know, Oracle systems, or, you know, we talk about all these things now and how they can be so complex. Um, but all of those things, technology, the place that we work, the people that we, we are serving, all play a part. In, in all of that. So, you know, it's a refocus for me on just exactly what the customers, our communities need and making sure that we're not focusing on the organisation and cuts and everything else that we do, because it's very easy to do that, very easy to get sidetracked into that. How do you maintain a culture as a chief executive, uh, the right culture? How do you in, how do you foster that in your organisation? How do you ensure that that culture is being maintained? Um, it's it's a it's a long road, and and it's hard work, you know. Um, these type of approaches, uh, these type of transformations take many many years. If I was to say that a, a typical transformation would be between three and five years, if not longer, and so you're not looking at something that um, is going to happen over the short term. So you as the, the, the organisational leader, and also the political leadership need to make sure that they're in it for the long game. And um, that requires an awful lot of your own energy and an awful lot of resilience from your part, but also resilience from your staff and your communities. And, and just making sure that communications are regular, that people understand what it is you're doing, why you're doing it, not just the organisation, but the people that you serve, and repeating it and giving them updates as to what the progress is you know, these are the things that are really working well. These are the things that we need to concentrate on. You know, and, and over, you're not going to see the uh, the end result come at, at five years. You're going to see incremental changes towards the change that you eventually want. So, you know, that, that, that communication with your staff um, and that resilience and that visible leadership uh, being out there, letting people know how things are going is absolutely crucial. It's interesting because, I mean, that was one of the driving forces for this podcast being created was the fact that, you know, when I spoke to my peer group and to, you know, clients and candidates and, and everyone who was working within local government and was passionate about local government, the biggest challenge they had was how to communicate, how to make people aware not only of what they were doing, but why they were doing it. Because a lot of the time, any disengagement or frustration actually was pretty much eroded straight away and was reduced significantly, if not completely eroded, if people understood the 
the reason why and the uh, the factors that have gone into not only that decision, but also the context as to why that decision had to be made. And yeah. it is so difficult when we have so many different people from different parts of society, all who, you know, have access to information in different ways, particularly when you've got an, um, potentially an, an aging population that, you know, a lot of it was face-to-face back in the day and now a, a younger generation who maybe more listen to, you know, podcasts and on the internet. And it's, it's it's how to find that that methodology around communication. It's so yeah, important. You, I can... Yeah, you, you can do that, Matt. You know, the, for example, um, at South Lakeland, the, the example that we used was we didn't cut anything off. Um, so we have uh, an aging population, probably more than, than, than many others. Um, and we knew that that was a really important part of the program. But you design your systems on your processes to be able to do that. But the vast majority moves towards uh, you encourage people to be more online. But you would never cut off those that are vulnerable or don't have the access that uh, you and I would would come to rely on, and uh, you know, and, and younger people than I, uh, are absolute whizzes at the the IT. It's their life. Not everybody is like that, so we never cut off everything, and we were always available. You know, there was somebody available. There was almost a triage of of, of what the issues were, and so there was never a point where people would see a switch off of the old systems to the new systems it was quite seamless so we kept all of those things open and and that commu- you know the communication thing is is, is a really really um, important part the, the the key individuals in all of this were the leader and cabinet uh, the senior management team our comms team and all of the staff making sure that they understood uh, and that we all understood what those matches were. And you just have to keep at it. You know, it is not a short game. It is a long game. And, you know, you're probably talking about 18 months to two years before you even start to uh, go down the the path of transformation because you've got to get everything in place before those things can actually change. So it's not a quick fix, but it is something that I think that we'll all have to go through to avoid this this constant uh, cost cutting, this constant uh, black hole in funding, or whether it's adult social care or children's services or whatever it might be, something has to happen. So in terms of for those listening at home, you know, from your position as chief executive, how do you structure a local government authority from both the political side and the organisational side to provide the most effective delivery of services? Well, I'm, I'm sure, you know, many of your listeners will know is that um, politicians don't like being told what to do and how to organise themselves. And, um, you know, so it, it, it is it is a collaborative approach and um, where it's 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 reasonable to put in place the type of organisation and the structure that is required for an organisation, which is much more streamlined than we are used to you know the many levels of, of management etc etc you know the numbers were something like for us 150 posts with all different levels went down to about 35 or something like that so it's quite extreme um but the members they will want their uh, these are the things that they're interested in these are the things that they'll want to be in charge of and and that's why i say you know this is not a quick fix you may find that if you've got a new council that the members are very clear about what they want to be in charge of and what their portfolio responsibilities want to be um and it is about uh having that 
constant dialogue to move the organisation, to move the members towards looking more like what the needs of the community are. Uh, and again, I was very fortunate to have um, an organisation and politicians that were very open to that. And, you know, sometimes it'd be difficult conversations. You know, you, wa you want to be in charge of highways. Well, actually, we don't want highways being separate from this, that and the other. So, you know, those conversations were there, but it, it, they were they were good and they were robust conversations. Um, and again, it was about constantly going back to the vision and the strategy of why you were trying to do what you needed to do. So all the, the organisation and the politics also needs to be heading in the right direction, not just from a vision perspective, but also from a structural perspective. No point in having an organisation set up in all these directorates when the portfolios are completely completely different it's it's an incredibly difficult space to work in and at the moment there seems to be an incredible amount of focus around governance and performance management of councils um you know you you and i have spoken a lot about that being a very critical part of um the change that needs to happen how do you performance manage and how do you ensure proper governance of decision making processes that take place in local government yeah i mean I remember a number of conversations with colleagues, senior colleagues, particularly about, you know, have you read the Constitution? Do you understand the uh, the governance procedures that are put in place, whether they're for procurement, whatever they might be, um, and those decision making processes? And they're there for a reason. If you've got good governance, then you can more easily move through the very difficult decision-making processes that you might need to go through without having to constantly revise uh, or, or, or bend and interpret uh, the, the policies that are in there. So the governance was absolutely key for us, um, particularly around finance, um, being very close to that, um, uh, the, the legal requirements, the procurement requirements, uh, the HR uh, requirements were, again, very, uh, I've talked about communications, but, you know, the HR efforts and the staff and all those other, what we call back office services, they're absolutely crucial to this. Um, and it, it can't really be done without all of those things being in place. So, and, and the whole performance uh, issue, you know, the performance management uh, has its uh, interpretations um, you know if you're in the private sector it might be performance pay um, for local government um, surely it's got to be about improvements in the uh, the, the well-being of, of the community um, and sometimes I'm not quite sure we always made sure that uh, let's just say and I'll give a very random example that uh, you know vehicles um, that carried out works were on the road you know 95% um, of the time uh, the reality should be is uh, you know what are the performance measures that actually have an impact on the community and sometimes I think and you know I see the government doing this as well and um, we've got to have this many done by this day or whatever and actually is it is it affecting the outcome um, not always. So, you know, very much outcome related uh, performance was was what we were more about. Making sure that that golden thread of the uh, the vision, the council plan 
the structure and people's personal appraisals all linked in together. So everybody knew what their part was in you actually achieving your end goals. Absolutely. I mean, in a way, I mean, we've talked about this a lot off air, but starting with finance is really a hiding to nothing. You've got to really focus on the outcomes. You've got to put the the customer and the community first. And if you do that, then you'll have a far a fairly successful council, uh, far more so if you're just focusing on the on the bottom dollar. Um, Lawrence, what, one question I have for you is, you know, let, let's explore now, you know, why have these, uh, well, this approach, why is that not taking place? Why is that being rarely considered or successful to date with local government? Um, you know, it's a really good question, Matt. And, and in the, the few months that I've had uh, outside of local government, um, it's probably the the question when it does, you know, when work does sort of pop into your head, which it does. Um, after 40 years, you'll still think about it. That's the sort of how have we arrived at a place where transformation seems to be so difficult, not only to uh, achieve, but also to gain traction within an organisation. I've, I've heard many, many t- people talk about transformation. We've transformed this. We've transformed that. What I've not heard really is a wholesale transformation of a uh, of an organization of of even a government um and we'll have all experienced those uh, frustrations with with various government departments where um you know the need for transformation is absolutely obvious um but there are things in the way that mean that um, not even incremental change is very, very difficult to engage with. So uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, ministers being in post for literally weeks, um, uh, the, the turnover within the civil service, um, you know, people leaving organisations without sort of the, the, the knowledge uh, that they've gained over perhaps decades uh, being uh, somebody making notes of that because uh, I remember a chief exec a long time ago I said you just see these things come back round all the time and having been a chief exec for 13 years I saw these things coming back round um, where somebody would say oh what about this as an idea and it was a, well that's a great idea but we looked at that seven years ago have a look at it again if you want to but, you know, and it's because we've lost this uh, sort of organisational uh, knowledge uh, and the turnover in staff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and politicians, you know, very, very short term. Um, out of a four year term, you'd be lucky to get 18 months or two years of, of their full attention when they're not in uh, election mode. So there's always some form of distraction out there. That means that um, you're not fully able to, to 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 put your mind to it as much as you would like to, uh, and I've seen it firsthand um, from ministers, from government, um, and from civil servants, where you could tell that they would love to do it, but it's not going to happen, and it's not going to happen anytime soon. So you know the the creativity and the innovation uh, is is very very slow. And, you know, in terms of where we are now, and if I just take the economy as an example, um, if we haven't got uh, an economic vision and strategy 
that will start to fulfill what the UK's potential is and grasp where those future uh, um, fundamental uh, hooks are going to be for our economy, then um, we're going to be languishing for for many more years and having the same conversations, me and you, in 10 years' time uh, about, well, you know, what, what did we transform at that time when we knew what needed to be done, um, but we weren't able to do it because of uh, short-termism, because of uh, capital funding, uh, because of a lack of convergence between what's right for the consumer, the customer, the community, whatever it might be, and those interests within the private sector, for instance. We see it with house building now. Uh, all the talk of the last day or two is how much their profits are going down and how many houses they're not building. Well, that's not helping those people that are homeless or can't afford to. So the whole thing is linked in. Um, but we don't seem to have addressed some structural, longer term structural issues without those constant changes. And therefore, we never sort of grasp the nettle or have the time to be able to run with uh, a successful tra transformation or change programme. NHS is another great example, you know, changes every three or four years. Um, and therefore, you know, probably one of the greatest institutions within this country and all you ever hear from them is we need to transform, we need to do this, we need to do that. Um, but are they given the opportunity to do that? Not really. It's it's a really interesting one. And I think the, the, the kind of the message that I've come back to listeners is there is such a need for change. We can't continue on this path as it is at the moment. And the the, the route to change and the, well, the route of successful change, it is possible. We have the right people. We've got passionate people. You know, um, we just need to really take advantage of of what we have at the moment across the UK and do it in the right way. But, you know, Lawrence, I just want to say thank you so much for your insight today, because it, it's just so, so much appreciated. Um, and I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome, Matt. Everyone listening at home, we've been listening to myself and Lawrence uh, talking about the need for change. And I hope you will uh, will join us again to discuss more key topics affecting local government across the UK. But for now, it's goodbye for myself and it's goodbye from Lawrence. You have been listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast. Remember, your local council does some amazing work you can help so remember to vote and be engaged with the work they're doing if you like this podcast please like share and give a five-star review if you would like to feature on the podcast have any shout out of excellent work being done by a local authority or have any topics you would like covered please email me at truthaboutlocalgovernment at gmail.com truth about local government local government is at the heart of what we do.